Of the Coast to Coast podcast. Today we're bringing y'all something new. Um, it's it's a it's a little wheel game that I I stole from another podcast. Shout out to Through the Wire podcast. Hey, shout out how Kenny, this, man. Yeah, how this is gonna work is uh, we're gonna spin a wheel. It's gonna give us a number, and from those numbers, we're gonna spin a, another wheel corresponding to that number of players, and each each um. Each wheel is going to give us a name. We're going to debate that name for a minute. The other player or the other participant gets 30 seconds rebuttal. And then the non-participating like third party gets to decide who gets added to the, to the team. And we're, we're trying to build a, a playoff team basically. So there's only playoff uh, players in this, in these wheels, but yeah, do, do you guys pretty much get it? Yep. All right. And, and it'll make more sense as we go along, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chulvers, Liam first. Uh, I'll spin for who wants to, who wants to get the first pick. Carson. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's not like I want an opinion on that, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. All right, we're in the second tier of players. So Carson's getting. Oh, Middleton versus Middleton. Okay. That's a work. good pick. I can work with this. Wait, I should have removed him. Versus Bam. Okay. I hope. So let me let me get a timer going. All right, you're gonna have one minute, uh, Carson, to argue for Chris Middleton. Liam, you're gonna have one minute to argue for Bam, and then you're gonna each have thirty seconds to to rebuttal. All right. So Carson, are you ready? Yeah. All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, well, Middleton, obviously, like, he does struggle probably every every fourth game. But for those three games out of four, you're getting an elite two-way superstar, someone that can, you know, carry you in crunch time, which he's been doing these whole playoffs. He can go head-to-head with some of the best forwards in the league, even though you never really think of him in that same category because he's, you know, kind of slept on. He's not, at, like, he's not thought of as that superstar. But you're getting, you know, he'll guard your best wing, your best player, and he'll slow them down at least. And he'll get you buckets efficiently, too. He's been 40, uh, 50, 40, 90, or close to that the last two or three seasons. Um, and he's just proving at this playoffs that he's turned it up another level. Even though he's a tad inconsistent, he can be that number one guy. Um, and he just gets buckets. Like, I mean, he proved it, you know, the last, the last two games against Atlanta, you know, went off closed out the series without Giannis. He stepped up, and I think that's just super telling. Whereas he went against Bam in this playoffs, and he outplayed him. <laughs> solid, solid. You got a lot. You got a lot to to, to talk about, Liam. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard on the spot, man. It's like I'm not a good improviser, so it's like this is tough for me. It's tough to last that whole minute because, like, you say all your main points first and then you look down and it's only been, like, 20 seconds. You're like, fuck. I know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was, like, the 42nd mark. I'm like, I'm just kind of, like, just blabbering at this point. (laughs) All right. Ready? Three, two, one. All right. So, I'm just going to – a little bit of rebuttal, too. I think Middleton's awesome, but you got to look at a guy like Bam Adebayo who's arguably a top five player at his position, a guy who can play make – at the center position, probably second only to a guy like Nikola Jokic. Bam Adebayo had a fantastic playoff stretch in the bubble. I mean, 
Obviously, the bubble might be taken a little bit different uh, than people see nowadays. But kind of looking at his game log, played fantastic in that series against Boston. Had the game-saving block against Jason Tatum. Uh, I think you can't go wrong with him. Obviously, you had to push aside this playoff performance he had because everyone on the Heat played terrible in this playoff performance. We know he's a young center. We know he's developing. He's a guy that can play defense. He can do about every – he's like a five-tool prospect, but he's a guy that plays basketball in that sort of sense. I think of a guy like Middleton who's shrieky. We just know that Adebayo had one bad playoff series. And to know that Adebayo's got so much more into him, I got to run with Bam Adebayo in this situation. Solid, solid, solid. So I get a rebuttal, right? I get a 30 second? Seconds. Okay. Right. Three, two, one. So with Bam, Bam is very uh, – he needs the right matchup, whereas why he succeeded so much against Boston is because Boston didn't have a true big man. Compared to when he played the Bucks this season, who have, you know, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, he struggled mightily. And his offensive game is nowhere near as refined as Chris Milton's is. Whereas Bam is uh, very matchup specific, Middleton is matchup proof. He can go up against the best wings. I mean, we saw he honestly went head toe to toe against the likes of Kevin Durant that last series. I think that's enough. Wow. All right. Let's go, Liam. All right. Two, one. So just I pulled up some numbers in terms of Chris Middleton, a guy that you talked about was a 50-40-90 shooter, which he really well is, hasn't really showed that in these last two playoff series. He's been 42% uh, from field, 35 from three, and 69 from free throw in the series against uh, Brooklyn, shooting 43 and 25% against the Hawks. Like you said, a really streaky guy, but you need to have someone that you can depend on. And I think a guy like Bam Adebayo is more than that. I mean, you're going to get really hot games with Chris Middleton, but those cold games when it really matters is going to hurt you. Stop. Yo, are we allowing like uh, Google searches for like stats? Or should we roll with that or not? Nah? The- I don't know. I was all off the dome. Yeah, the guy who goes- I mean- have like that minute to to like build a case. Okay, I guess it was. Uh, I took an advantage there. So, but I mean, we can't. We can, I mean, now nah, you guys can call it. I was just going off the dome. Yeah, I think we should just go off the dome, just to like. I mean, I went off the the rebuttal was what I pulled the stats up for. I was everything yeah, else. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, shit, I don't know. This was a, a really good argument. You guys both brought up good points. Um, one thing that really stood out, like that you brought up, was the Bam is like matchup dependent, and at the same time, like Chris is matchup proof. Um. Obviously, you had a pretty good rebuttal to Carson's like 50, 40, 90 stat uh, bring up. But I don't know, man. I think I think Carson's uh, argument's looking a little stronger considering that, that Chris is still in the playoffs and he's in the finals. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he is matchup proof. So I think I'm going to go I'm going to go Chris Middleton. I would have taken Middleton regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. That was a good round. The, the, your rebuttal was really good because, like, yeah, he hasn't been 50, 40, 90, like, in the playoffs. And Dan's right. probably much more consistent. You just so get more do, offense from, from Middleton. Let's do King of the Hill, keep Carson on the board, and Jose Hobson, I'll judge. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm down for that. Shit, I'm scared. I got to back this up now. By the way, I just threw this up. I threw this up as, like, a dub, not, like, West Side or anything. I'm not affiliating with anything, just so you guys know. Um, I just had to address that real quick. <laughs> shout out Manesto High. Yeah, shout out Manesto High. Oh, wait. Oh, oh we're going back. Okay. I mean, 
So I think Jose should get the first pick now since I got the first pick last time. Uh, I'll take first pick. Give me something good. Oh. Oh. Okay. One of my oh, this is really player. solid. Okay. This is. Come on, give him like Julius Randle. Oh. Wait, why is there two Julius Randles? <laughs> okay, anyways, you get Julius Randle. Okay, okay. I don't know why he's in there. I'm going to remove one of them. Well, I should just remove both of them, but. Yeah, and Chris Middleton. John Morant. Adebayo. Wait, why John Morant? Didn't you get John Morant? No, I got MPJ. Oh, yeah, never mind. It was almost yeah. John Morant. Never mind. All right. All right. Okay. So I've got to watch the – okay. All right. You're starting at MPJ. Well, this is a good one. I'll tell you when to stop. I'll, I'll pay attention to the clock. Just go okay. look. Three, two, one, go. All right, so MPJ, obviously he's a five-level scorer. Uh, Three-level scorer, I mean. Um, a 6'10 wing that we've never seen. Like, he's got handles insane. He can shoot the ball. He can be your main ball handler. There's not very many guys in the league that can defend him unless you're named Kevin Durant or Giannis. Um, he can be the number one option. Obviously, he's still a young guy. He's uh, recovered from his injury history in the past. Not really a worry anymore. A guy that put up, like, great numbers in the playoffs. Took a huge leap with when Jamal Murray went out. You know, really, like, stepped up into that role. A guy that you can also like really build your team around, but can also be the second option as we see with him next to Jokic. Um, a playoff performer for sure. Guy's only like 22 years old and he's battled adversity. He's gone through. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Okay. Rocket 53 seconds. Damn. All right. Carson. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Three, two. Oh, Randall. All right. One, Randall. Go. So Randall was the MVP of the Knicks by far. He led them in basically every statistical category, you know, points, you know, rebounds, assists, you know, really the heartbeat of that team. Um, and whereas MPJ, uh, you know, just depends on his offense. It's really, you know, kind of all he brings to the table. To be fair, very elite shot making. But Randall – you know, brings the offense, and if his offense isn't there or he's struggling offensively, he's still giving you great defense. He's giving you playmaking. He's getting those rebounds, whereas what MPJ is, I think, is very one-dimensional. Um, and Randall, you know, uh, he has to be the number one option, whereas MPJ, uh, you know, has the luxury of kind of, you know, not hiding, but, you know, being behind, you know, Jokic and Murray. And Randall just brings much more to the table, um, and he's a much more well-rounded player than MPJ is. Um I think in the playoffs, when it comes, you know, when you have to clamp up and play defense, I'd much rather have Randall than than MPJ defending, uh, you know, a small forward or a power forward. All right, time. I kind of mixed in like the rebuttal and. and I did the same thing, so it's fine. Okay. Okay. Hard not to. All right, so Jose is going to be on the clock for his thirty-second rebuttal against Julius Randall. Obviously, a guy. We got a lot of heat in his playoff performance, but Carson making a good case for him so far. So, three. Man, that's what I'm nervous about. Three, two, one. Go. I see a guy that did not perform in the playoffs. Um, a 
bottom 10 offensive team, especially efficiently having Randall as your first offensive choice is not necessarily uh, successful. Yes. They've got a defensive identity, obviously behind a great defensive coach, um, Tom Thibodeau, but early in his career, Julius Randall was not the player that he, he was this year. He took a huge leap under Thibs. So I think he hasn't uh, really proved it. Obviously neither has MPJ, but I think MPJ has shown more uh, in the playoffs, especially like scoring wise. And then Time. you can, no, I, yeah. like, no, I'll like if if he's like about to finish a sentence, we should allow that. What I know, I was just I was just telling him his time. So oh, yeah, I got you. He, oh, yeah. he showed his scoring. Yeah, I think we got the point there. Yeah. All right. It's because he's not looking at the clock. I just want to make sure he knows. Yeah. All right. Okay, Carson, you're on your block. Thirty second rebuttal. Three, two, one, go. Um, you can argue that, you know, Randall, you know, isn't equipped to be the number one option, but, you know, Michael Porter Jr. really isn't either. I think Michael Porter Jr. is blessed to be in the absolute perfect situation for him where he's playing with Jokic and he's the perfect pair to Jokic. And I think if he's the number one option um, on any other team, you'd probably be looking at a lottery team. Whereas Randall, he's elevating a Knicks team that, you know, I don't think any of us really expected to be even, you know, close to the playoffs and expect them to be just as bad as they were last year and elevated them to a fourth seed. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, I mean, who's Randall? Oh yeah. Jose kind of had a bad card dealt to him. I think a guy like MPJ, he's a year away from being a guy that really can contend with Randall. I think, especially when we're ba- building this playoff team and the wheel, the way the wheel works, it would be. And even we already have Chris Middleton out there. I think it makes it a lot easier. You know, you have your Julius Randall, who can be that guy that can play make. He can still shoot. I think it's just the defensive attention since he was the only number one guy out there. So, in terms of how they are as players, not how they are in their team situation. I got to pick Julius Randle in this situation. I think great arguments by both sides, but I think at the same time, it still was a little bit lopsided because a guy like MBJ is a year away from being a guy that can contend against a guy like Randall in this situation. Yeah. And like, yeah. in like two more years, this might be pretty lopsided to MPJ. Like he has like that potential. Oh, and right. he, he is getting better defensively slowly and steadily. Uh-huh. Same with Jokic. Like Jokic is getting better. Carson, two and oh, two for <laughs> <laughs> I know, bro. I'm hot right now. He's hot. All right, let's get some. Let's get some. Uh, some different wheels. Yeah, but I, I've been blessed with some. Some hey, pretty soft. No, no, no. Just, just do something other than two right now. I want. I want to try something else. Yeah. Give us like. So a- are we? Are we going till we get a five? A five man. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> at the three. And, uh, oh, we got four. All right, here we go. We, yeah, we got Chris Middleton at the three and Julius Randle at the four. I'll put the whole entire Miami Heat roster on here, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll go first. I'll switch up. Evan Fournier. All right. Evan Fournier. Okay. Versus Anthony Simons. A guard. Two guard matchup. If I got Jeff Green. I was going to say it's over if I get Jeff Green. <laughs> All right. Or the stopwatch. So Carson starting with Evan Fortier and then Liam with Penny Simons. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Um, a very underrated playmaker and someone that has really been trapped as being like the, you know, 
supposed to be the first or second option uh, in Orlando. Whereas, you know, right now we're looking at him as like a third or fourth option is overqualified for that position. Someone that's been averaging, you know, he's in that 16 to 18 points per game range on, you know, really efficient shooting. Someone that, you know, can defend at a pretty solid level. And, you know, so like that extra playmaking is crucial because you can, you can give him the ball, you know, create his own shot at will while also helping to set up for others and kind of, you know, take that, that secondary playmaking, which I think we've seen, you know, become super, super valuable in these playoffs with the likes of like Bogdanovich, you know, Middleton as well. And we already mentioned him. Um, I'm just someone that you can just, you know, kind of always rely on, you know, to get buckets, you know, in the playoffs we've seen, it's all about just, you know, shot creation. I think Fournier is a prime example of that. Uh, unlike Simons where I think he's much more of a catch and shoot guy. Got my work cut out for me. Solid. Solid. Yeah. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta let some, some work to do. All right. Three, two, one. All right, so you got to look at the situation here. A guy like Evan Fournier has had the ability to shine in his position at the shooting guard role. Obviously, for Boston this year in the playoffs, he had the ability to start because Jalen Brown was injured. While a guy like Anthony Thomas has really never had that role. Obviously, it's a very small sample size, but the one game I do recall him starting, he had a 39-point effort. He's played behind Damian Lillard, so we never really see what he can be capable of. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a really athletic guard, you know, coming from IMG. He can play make. He can shoot. He's athletic. I think there's nothing that can go wrong with him. While a guy like Evan Fournier, we've seen him be in Orlando for all these years, and they've never really been able to have much playoff success, especially with him ahead ahead of it. You know, when I look at the playoff success the last couple years, it was like DJ Augustine hitting big shots for them. It was guys like Nikola Vucevic playing well for them. It's never been him being the main guy. While a guy like Anthony Simons, who's never really had the chance, there's really no down like down spots in his career so far. Solid. All right, Carson, let's hear what you got to say. Three, two, one. Yeah, whereas Simons, you know, we're really just, you know, looking at him as, you know, potential, whereas Fournier, you know, we've actually seen the production from him. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, he hasn't really stepped up in the playoffs that much, you know, which which is true, but that's as a first or a second option. And we're not looking at him to do that. We're just looking at him, you know, we only need like, you know, 12 to 14 points from you. And I, I trust Fournier to do that because he's had that experience, you know, over Simon. So we're just not really sure what we're getting from him yet. And that one, and there's that one game that you mentioned where he dropped that 30 points. So that's hard. I feel like I, I kind of copped out though, because it's, it's tough with Simon's because it's like, he just like really has not, he doesn't have nowhere near the, the sample size that Fournier does. Hey, luck of the wheel, luck of the wheel. Yeah. All right. Ready? All right. Let's see. I want to hear it though. Let's see. Two. One. All right, so a guy like Evan Fournier, he's a defensive liability. He allowed for, you know, this Brooklyn team who's really talented in the guard position just to kind of run all over them. I mean, he could do whatever he wanted to a guy like James Harden. He could do every. I mean, uh, James Harden could do whatever he wanted, he wanted to him. Kyrie Irving could do whatever he wanted to him. You know, even though he's a good scoring guard, he has a lot of other limitations as a player. I mean, Ossie Anthony Simmons. He's got the potential. We got to see him play in position. He plays behind Damian Lillard, so he's never really had a chance. So it's hard to make a case against him. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, oh, come on. It's pretty oh. obvious. <laughs> Why did I send it? I'm gonna type the. Uh, it's like- pretty. It is pretty obvious, but the matchup is unfair. 
Yeah, it I would was, call it a faulty matchup. It was a little bit lopsided, like um, Simon. It's kind of like the last one. Simon's obviously a guy that's only been in the league a couple years, um, hasn't got too big of a chance, but has shown like flashes of potential. I know he lit up. I'm pretty sure that was against the Kings that game. Yep, it four. was the Kings. <laughs> of course, it was um, game eighty two. But yeah, he he's a really good guy. Um, I think he was like the youngest player to enter the league since the like the rule of like you have to be nineteen years old or whatever. But yeah, I'm going I'm going Evan Fournier. Just I wasn't gonna bring it up obviously because that's my guy I'm arguing for. But I literally like mentioned I think on like a few podcasts ago like that he's like one of the worst playoff players like ever. <laughs> for like his like sample size like it's like terrible and like like i listen to bill simmons a lot he says like the same thing but of course i'm not gonna bring that up <laughs> all right you guys can go back it again i mean we gotta keep carson on the board if he keeps running it i mean if he wins the next one we'll, we'll switch it up but you gotta see what he can mm-hmm. do here three so we've gotten what twos and f- okay this is perfect because yep. we just did four right yeah, we'll we'll do one next. I think we should just stick with one next. Let's just get it. Yeah. Okay, Jose, what do you want? Do you want, or I guess, a Tucker? I'll take Tucker. Okay, okay. Good player to argue for, no matter which player you end against. Yeah. Where's Davis Burke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, okay. I have my preconceived bias, but I think there's an argument for both ways. Okay. All right. Okay. Should I go? So we got Jose repping the PJ Tucker for the Bucks. We got Carson repping Davis Bertans in his shitty contract. I don't want to search. Jose, I'll take it away. Go ahead. Three, two, one, go. PJ Tucker, obviously a great guy that you want on any championship team, a guy that can play that small ball five for you in the new small ball era, a guy that we've seen succeed you know, on many teams, he's been on the Rockets, he's been on the Bucks, he's been on the Suns, um, you know, he can hit the corner threes, corner three monster, like absolute go to that corner threes, catch and shoot, guard your best player, you know, give up some fouls because that's what he does. Um, you know, he's not never going to give up on the play. He's going to keep, you know, keep grinding. Even if he puts up a donut, he's going to give you great defense. And some days he is going to hit those four, five threes in the corner. And when he does, that's probably going to be a dub for you because he's guarding probably the best player on the other side. Anyway, guy that's been in the playoffs at the highest level, been to the conference finals in the finals right now, um, you know, obviously has guarded KD, has guarded many, many guys in the playoffs. Tom, yeah. 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 I know you're getting to. I get the point. All right. Came out to Carson. You got Davis Bertans. Both guys play the same position, by the way. So this is a good, good argument here. So Carson, three, two, one. Okay, so Bertans is a lead three-point shooter who helps your spacing tremendously. Whereas Tucker, yeah, he can hit those threes, but he, you know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be in the corners. And where Tucker plays, you know, great defense. And he's supposed to, but I still saw him, you know, giving up a ton of points to KD. I mean, it is KD, but still, you know, like, I just don't really like, like the value where he's like, you know, slowing down the best player, but he's not really giving you anything on offense. Whereas Bertans, you know, 
nowhere near the defender, but helps the spacing, you know, is always going to be a threat. And you always have to watch out for him on offense. And that just opens it up for every other scorer on the team. Um, damn, let's see what else. <laughs> um, you can- I'm done, honestly. That's it. That's all, right. all I got. It's all good. Whatever you got to say. Right now. That's all I got, bro. All right, Stay Jose, through. take it away with your rebuttal against Davis Berton. All right, three, two, one. Yes, Davis Bertans might be an elite three-point shooter, but I don't think he's a guy that can be out there in clutch time. Obviously, he does not have anywhere near the lateral quickness that P.J. Tucker does. Um, you know, P.J., even if he's putting up a donut, like he can grind out there, play 30-plus minutes a game, and he can sometimes hit those threes, uh, and he can play, you know, the final two minutes. He can. He's only six seven, so yeah, obviously KD's gonna give him buckets. Like KD's giving him, giving anyone buckets, but he's playing that small ball center. On yeah, all right, okay. Carson, you got your rebuttal against PJ Tucker. You're on the clock in three, two, one. Okay, I mean, I kind of, I kind of sold on the last uh, minute or so, so I'm just gonna go out guns blazing. Um, I know damn well that Bertans is just not gonna give donuts at all. He's gonna give me at least some points and with elite shooting. Um, you know where uh, he's a little bit better of a creator as well than Tucker. Tucker is just mainly catch and shoot. Bertans could put it on the floor a little bit, and he's also an elite uh, three point shooter and a much better free throw shooter as well. Um, that's it. All right, so I think the beginning with it is a little skewed. And then um, I think Jose had a more well-rounded argument while Carson really had only the basis of his three-point shooting the bases off, which is it's, it's what it is. I mean, that's what Davis Bertans is. You didn't have much to work with anyway. I mean, P.J. Tucker, I know from a statistical standpoint, not looking it up, I've seen it before. He's one of the better defenders. He's an above-average defender against Kevin Durant in his career. Obviously, we wanted to see the Giannis matchup, but uh, – PJ Tucker can switch on to any guy, so I'm rolling with PJ no, that Tucker. One was, that one was so hard. Like hypothetically, I'm like, okay, like I think Bertons is a better player, but then it's like, uh, like in the playoffs, like he just does not play defense. All right, so Carson gets to be the judge now. Uh, yeah, that that was a perfect thing. I, I needed to lose that one because I want to see you guys go at it for. All right, Jose, you want first pick? The first pick. Uh, I'll take first pick. All right. Oh, oh my gosh! There's a oh, couple man. of guys I can. There's only a couple of guys I need. Come on, give him a column. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my god. Okay, this is gonna be a banger. All right, who's going first? I'll go first since Jose got. I mean, since Jose got the first pick. So, okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Man, I got to get started on this. This guy has showed out in his first career playoffs. We've seen what Luka Doncic has done before in the playoffs. And Aussie, we know what Devin Booker could do now. This man put up a triple-double in the first game of the uh, Western Conference Finals on 41 points. He's an elite shooter. He can also get to the – I mean, he's not elite elite, but he's still, you know, one of the best shooters in the game. He can get to the basket at will. Uh, he has the ability. He has the Suns. You know, he is the best scorer on that team. He's not the most valuable player on that team, but he is the – there would be no 
you know, final appearance for the Suns if it wasn't for Devin Booker. I think one of the most well round. He can also pass the ball, uh, very well secondary ball handler, Tukes Chris Paul. I mean, there's a reason why he's in the finals. I mean, you can say that Duka Doncic would have been better in that situation, but he's a guy that you can put in any system and Devin Booker's going to succeed because you can make him be an off-ball guy. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hand to be dominant. He can be a Clay Thompson or he can be a guy that needs to be like Luka. Solid. Very solid. Solid. All right. Three, two, one. Luka, obviously a guy that was selected second or third overall. Traded for Trey Young uh, and has killed it since he got into the league. Obviously, he has hit huge shots in the playoffs last year against the Clippers. This year got eliminated a little bit early, but has dominated in the regular season, was an MVP candidate pretty much the whole season, like on fire since the start. Not even the most athletic guy, but he's just going to like kill you with his skill. He's got great handles, great shooting. Um, he gets everyone involved. He's a great like playmaker. Even with the guy, the talent that they've surrounded him with, he's managed to lead this team who without Luka would definitely be still in the lottery. And he's led this team to the playoffs despite poor play from guys like Porzingis or like Maxi Kleber, a guy that's definitely like on top of the game right now, top five uh, guard in the league. He's, he's like six seven. He's huge. He's going to hit shots. He's going to pass the ball. And yeah. All right. I got my good rebuttal here now. All right. This is nice, nice, nice. It's hard to think on the spot like that. Okay. All right. I know, bro. This is a good practice. Fun. All right. So, look at a situation when Devin Booker was going against that same exact Clippers team that Luka Doncic went against. When he didn't have Chris Paul to begin that series, they were up 2-0. to zero. It's because Devin Booker helped elevate those players around him. He made DeAndre Ayton a factor. He made guys like Campaign a factor. He's the reason why Gravit hits the defensive attention. There's a reason why they are in the finals. It's because they're hitting on the back of this guy who's been mostly healthy and been having great games in these playoffs. It's Devin Booker. Time. All right, three, two, one. For the first, like, five years of Devin Booker's career, the Suns were in the lottery year in and year out and have not made the playoffs until the addition of CP3. So I don't think you can say that Devin Booker has led this Suns team and elevated them to the level of a finals team like Luka has because as soon as Luka has gotten to this team, this team has immediately become not only a playoff team but a contender from the year's start despite not having the greatest talent around him. He doesn't have a DeAndre Aiden or a Chris Paul, and he is still leading this team to insane playoff runs. God, I wish I had another 30 seconds to rebuttal because I still got more shit to say. <laughs> that's, that's the well, dude, if Jose's got another 30 seconds, let's run it. You want to go, Jose? I think this is a really heated one. We got to keep going at it if you're ready. I'm, I'm down to go again. All right. Okay. Ooh, all right. Yeah, let's, go, let's go. All right. All right. Three, two, one. First of all, I think bringing up Devin Booker's past is kind of criminal to him. He had really bad coaching around him. And the staff, I would say they still have a better situation in Dallas. Also, bringing up the fact about Luka Doncic being the lead shooter is a little bit exaggerated. He's a guy that's rather inefficient because he can be a shot chucker at times. While a guy, Devin Booker, has learned throughout his career to tail back his shooting and be able to drive to the basket and be more of a threat there. Now, Devin Booker has become more of a well-rounded three-level scorer while Luka Doncic is still dealing with some inefficiency problems. So, all right, three, two, one. 
Yes, Luca has sometimes chucked shots, but it's because he always has the ball in his hands. Obviously, a guy that's the main option um, on you know on offense and like distributes the ball. So sometimes he, he's the only one that can take those shots because they don't have another star alongside him like Devin Booker has CP3 uh, to bail him out. And we have seen D-Book struggle in the playoffs at times. The other day, obviously, did not have the greatest efficient shooting against the the Clippers when they when they lost game five, I believe. Um, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. You guys are making it so tough for me. Um, I was just, like, writing notes while you guys were gone. Um, I think everything you got, like, you guys really matched each other, like, you know, Liam, you know, called Luke out for not being in a, you know, efficient score, which I think is, is very true. That is a very uh, valid statement. Whereas, you know, you, uh, Jose, your argument against that, where it's like, you know, he, like, he is always the one that has to take those shots. You know, he doesn't have the CP3, he doesn't have the eight and to rely on. Like, he's the one that always has to huck up those shots. I think that was a really great point. Um, and then the Clippers point as well, where it's like, you know, Booker has struggled a little bit against them, whereas, uh, you know, Luca thrived even when they had Kawhi. I think that was a really great point. Um, man, oh, my goodness. And then bringing up D-Book's past and then rebuttaling with, like, oh, yeah, he had terrible coaching and whatnot. Man, you guys know this tough. Just like, I think it's a much closer debate than people would think. Like, honestly, like, yeah, I think especially. we could both, like, make good – if we switched it, I think it still would be a very, very close thing, no matter who was debating. Because I think they're two guys that – if Devin Booker gets that championship, as much as Luka, you could say, is more talented, Yeah, still – I think even, like, before this playoff run, no one was arguing for D-Book over Luka. Yeah. But now it's like, this is a lot closer than, than we realize. Yeah, I think – just based off the strength of the argument and that you were at a slight disadvantage from the start, I think I'm going to just go with Liam, but that's no discredit to you, Jose, as well, because, like, like even with having Luca and, like, having, like, that talent advantage from the start, you still, like, made, like, really great points again. Like, I would just give it a time, but I, was, I think I'm going to slightly give it to Liam because like, I think, like, you had a, a lot of really – uh, great points, like starting at a disadvantage, but that was fantastic. That what a way to fucking kick off the show, or not kick off, freaking end it. I would have loved Trey Young versus. It would have been crazy. Wait, Trey <laughs> Young versus Luca. That would have gone nuclear. <laughs> that would have been insane. All right. Well, that's our starting five. We got Chris Middleton. We got PJ Tucker. We got um. Devin Booker, Randall, Fournier, and Devin Booker, yeah. Middleton, Randall, Fournier, Tucker, D-Book. If we were that out of the team, I mean, D-Book's got to be the star there. You got P.J. Tucker. Man, we need some height, though. Man, we need a center. (laughs) Julius Randall's playing small ball center uh, with P.J. Tucker alongside him. You do have a lot of shooting on this team, though, uh, and all five of the guys can space the floor well. Obviously, we weren't going too much for, like, how this team's going to look out. But I think if you put this team, you know, I think in the East, they're, they're a lot for the playoffs. But in the West, I think they still can marry make a good competition, you know, with a solid bench, an average uh, of the pack bench unit. Yeah. I think this could be, like, a top four, top five, like, starting. I mean, three all-stars. I mean, two, like, kind of East all-stars. But, I mean, like, Middleton and D-Book, like, that's, like, a really, like, lead, like, shooting duo. And you have 
two guys that can like defend the one and two best players on their team. Yeah. Yeah. I see this as like kind of like the Clippers mold almost where they're just going to like shoot the crap out of the ball and then also just like play like small ball defense. Yeah. Clippers right. light. Yeah. Clippers uh, light. Someone just said uh, Kemba for Kuzma in a first round pick, but I think it might be fake. It's NBA Central. Is that a real account? I don't think so. They don't I have the cap space. It. There's no cap space. Yeah, I didn't get anything on uh, on ESPN. Kemba for Kuzma and who else? A first. And why do I always get like notifications for fake news on Twitter? Dude, I mean, got that the other day. I got Deshaun Watson news a couple of weeks ago. I got so nervous. Like, Dude. why don't notifications for real news? I would like Kemba on that team though, if he could stay healthy. He's just Schroeder two yeah, it's just so funny with the Lakers, though. Like, everyone's, like, making all these deals. I'm like, the Lakers are, like, kind of stuck. Like, with their cap situation, with their assets, like. Because they went all in for this season. And then. Yeah, they went all in for, like, this three- to four-year window. Mm. All right, well, I think that concludes our spin the wheel episode. Definitely a yeah. fun one. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely do this again in the future at some point. Uh Thank you guys all for watching. Football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, for football. Yep. Yeah. For quarterback, like each position. Yeah, that for sure. That'd be solid. We could do one fantasy wise and then one like actual football. That'd be fun. All right. Just more future ideas coming into the wheelhouse. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get a 2015 redraft coming soon. We'll get some final stuff coming soon. Yeah. And next month we got football back. So yeah. oh, thank God. You already know. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Follow us on all our socials. Thank you guys for watching. This is Coast to Coast Podcast signing out. Peace. Hey.